Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are looking at the digital revolution, the crazy things that are happening in our business lives, our personal lives, and that space in between, if that space still exists, and if we're able to manage it the way we'd like. And somebody who traverses the two worlds, personal business, in between, uh, with joy, with courage, with vigor, and uh, a little bit of spice. Here's our good friend, Chris Lockhead who is a best-selling author, podcaster, entrepreneur, and all-around good guy. Chris, welcome. It's always great to see you. Senator, I got to tell you, I, I love the hairdo. If you knew how much time I have to spend to get it to look this way. Yeah, see, I think this is a new look for you. I think this is your version of the Einstein look. You've achieved that sort of <laughs> lauded Obi-Wan, you know, bordering on now Yoda. And so you'll note that you need a shtick. Malcolm Gladwell has his hair. Hair is often a shtick. So it may be oh. this is part of your new, you know, image. I'll be your image consultant. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And since uh, last month I hit 66, I figure, hey, if you can't, if you can't do it now, let the freak hair fly now. When am I exactly? Going? And if you can't get your kicks on Route 66, then when can you get your kicks? Right. Good point. Good. Just right. Aren't, you're on Route day. 66. Boy, that road runs through all through the Southwest. Great song. But Christopher, um, it's been a little bit since we had a chance to chat. I hope things are going good for you in many parts of your lives, because I know in some other parts of your life, you've had a little, uh, uh, you know, some people are throwing some obstacles your way, but they will find yes. out how futile that is. Yes. Well, <laughs> so let's have some fun here. So, um, up until uh, today would be day 14. Well, actually, no, it only lasted 13. So in fairness, 13 days of cancel. So uh, 14 days ago now, we got canceled on Amazon for uh, 14 days ago now, we got canceled for 13 days. So we got uncanceled yesterday from Amazon. And I'm happy to report, uh, Senator, that this is my fourth deplatforming by uh -huh. my fourth major platform. We'll get to that in a second. But in this case, it's fascinating what happens. And it's 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 it elucidates so much. OK, so we write this book called Snow Leopard, uh, how legendary writers um, become a category of one. And we release all this, these insights and all this major research and all this good shit. Well, and I'm happy to report that uh, the day after it goes live on Amazon, um, that goes to number one and it stays at number one. And then all of a sudden, fantastic. Thank you. And it's number one in all kinds of categories because there's all kinds of categories. It's marketing and writing and publishing. And we did the largest data science um, category science research project ever done on business book sales. And the reason I know I can say that is because we licensed the data from Nielsen and that's what they told us. So we took, we licensed from them what at, immense cost <laughs> yes, uh, but, yes but mostly under strict uh strict rules around what we could and couldn't say so i can't tell you how many copies malcolm gladwell sold by way of example but what we did do we got the data from them um of the 500 number one or uh, biggest selling nonfiction business uh, business books of the last or nonfiction books of the last 20 years and we analyzed them through a very particular lens to see um, why what sells sells and why it doesn't. And I explain all that stuff if you want. 
Anyway, it's caused a tremendous amount of, as they say in the, uh, Great Britain, controvert. Con- how do they say it over there? Controversy. <laughs> they have a different pronouncement, but a pronouncing of controversy in the publishing industry. Um, anyway, long story way longer. The book does incredibly well. We're very proud of it. We put our heart and soul into it. There's real there's real work in this thing. And then I get a I get a, a tweet it says, hey, Christopher, from some nice person I don't know. Um, me and a bunch of friends are going to buy your book and it's showing out of stock. <laughs> so I go to Amazon out of stock, right? Amazon yeah. print on demand, <laughs> print on demand, right? Print on demand out of stock. So I look at it and I have a screenshot of it. I can send it to you if you want. It says snow leopard. It has the book cover. It, it has the little flag that says at number one. And then right next to it, it says out of stock. And you're like, this is cognitive dissonance right here. Like, what, what's happening here, right? So I take a screenshot of it and I say, we have no idea what the fuck's going on. So we try to get a hold of Amazon. Uh-huh. Well, you try, you try and get a hold of Amazon. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I have the app. Don't worry, it's okay. I got the app. Yeah, but the, you just try, try to get, t- <laughs> just try to get to them. Okay. So, so. um, so I, we don't know what's going on. So we immediately post on social media. We don't know what's going on. Out of stock, we're working on it. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, everybody on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and the like says to us, congratulations, man, your book's so on fire, you broke Amazon. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, if that's true, that yeah. would be amazing. I, it might not be true, uh, but it's a funny interpretation. I was like, yeah, well, right now, all we know, I don't know if we broke Amazon, but Amazon definitely has broken us. <laughs> okay, Are they out so, of ink, maybe? Yeah, they were, out of, they were out of digital ink as well because you couldn't buy the Kindle version. So the D-ink, the dink, you couldn't get it on dink or you, <laughs> no dinks. You were dinked. <laughs> I was dinked. The three of us were dinged, right? Three guys, nine months, huge amount of effort, huge amount of marketing, huge amount of research, all gone. Okay, so it takes us a couple days to figure out what's going on because you can't talk to a human. You talk to bots. And this is a big lesson, I think, for everybody. So there's multiple learnings in this. So here's what the bot tells us. The bot says we have another bot that looks at book covers and book covers with images on them. And when we, when, when, when the bot discovers an image, it fires some other fuck bot. And that other bot goes out on the interwebs and spends time looking for that image to see if you're a bastard who stole the image. Okay. The book's called snow leopard. There's a beautiful, when I say beautiful, I mean, here, wait a minute. Gorgeous. There it is. There it is. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Okay. That's a beautiful image of a snow leopard. It was the most, the reason we picked it was, it was the most beautiful one we could find. Now, um, Cole, Nicholas Cole, Eddie Yoon, Christopher Lockhead, we, none of us took this picture of this, this beautiful animal that we didn't do that, but here's what we did do. We're in the intellectual capital business, right? We don't steal intellectual capital from other people. So we went to that website. No one's ever heard of shutterstock.com. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's new, isn't it? Yeah. No one's ever really heard of it. It's a marketplace for legendary photographers to monetize their legendary work, but it's just getting started. 
So we spend some time on there and we look at 12 billion photos of snow leopards. We find this one. It's incredibly beautiful. And we say, wow, that would really be amazing on a book cover. And we talk to it. We have an incredible designer named Zoe and she's unbelievable. And so we do all this stuff, right? And because we're not dinks, we buy it. And anybody who's bought intellectual capital like this, images like this and so forth, knows <clears throat> Excuse me, that, that when you license something like that, there's different license amounts you pay for different use cases. So if it's internal to your company, it's one thing. If it's going to be on your website, it's another thing, et cetera. We specifically, because we are trying to be very good people here, we specifically purchase the rights to put that beautiful picture of a snow leopard on a book. And we give them U.S. dollars. And we get a receipt and everything. Okay. So first, the bot accuses us of stealing this image. So they didn't ask us any questions. They didn't send us a note that said, hey, we've discovered this situation. Um, we're giving you 48 hours to give us the following information because it, you know we must verify that this is, this is all copacetic. All that would have been completely reasonable. Or, you know what would have been even more reasonable? When you upload the book to Amazon, Amazon could easily ask. They know how to write this stuff, don't they? Yeah, I think so, are, yes. Are you using an image on your book <clears throat> cover? Yes or no? Click, if yes, click here to include the license or proof of ownership or whatever, however they want to say it. No, no, no. We're not doing that. <clears throat> we're not sending a note that says, hey, we've discovered this and we're you're you're not guilty, but you have to prove you're innocent. It's a concept. I'm just, I don't know, might be good. They don't do any of that. They cancel it immediately. And we find out from a reader, AKA a customer who's trying to buy it. Then we go to them and they say, this is what's going on. So we say, all right. So my partner, uh, his name is Nicholas Cole. Everybody calls him Cole. The Cole sends them the receipt or whatever the thing is. Days go by. They kick it back and say invalid. Because it's issued to him personally, not to category <clears throat> pirates. And because we're a we're, we're a, a business writing band, the primary pub, the primary author of our books is category pirates. And from a technical schema data architecture point of view on Amazon, the primary author is category pirates. And the co-authors are the three of us. That I, I don't know why that we had to, but that's how it had to work. What do I know? So the bot goes, <clears throat> um, the license is not in the name of Category Pirates. Reject. Cole says, yeah, but it's in my name and I'm one of the pirates. And the bot says, reject, reject, reject. So what do we do? We repurchase the image. Send it to him. Nothing. So then we say, okay, fuck this. <clears throat> Resubmit the book with no cover image. Just black and the word Snow Leopard and the subtitle and Bob's our uncle. Nothing. Days go by. Days go by. Revenue being lost. Revenue being lost. Revenue being lost. We did, anybody who knows anything about book launch, launches know that you build all this momentum. You build pre-orders. You do all this stuff. So there's a big kapow, right? And then that big kapow creates a nice long tail and everybody starts talking about the book and that's more so. Well, all of that, they unhooked. All of it. So two days ago, Bob, after playing nice for 12 days, I said, enough's enough. 
So we started posting on social media, just facts. We didn't we didn't say that, you know, Andy Jassy's mother was a hamster. We didn't say any of that stuff. Just the facts. <clears throat> this is what happened. This is what we did. And we're still fucked. Well, guess what? One day later, Bob. One day later. Miraculously, you can buy Snow Leopard on Amazon.com. With the image? Without the image. Ah. However, it's one day after easily 10 million people must have directly emailed <laughs> Jesse about this massive crisis. <laughs> 20 so, million. So um, is there a scenario that says we were just in bot hell approval process and there was just some massive quinky dink that the day after we and our fans and readers made a stink about this on social. Is it, is it a coinkydink? Well, maybe. Okay. So that's story one. I don't that's, believe in coincidence, by the way. I, I don't either. And, uh, you know, it's the season of conspiracy theories. So what the fuck? I can have my own little conspiracy theory. <laughs> right. I'm not right. asking anybody to do anything weird about it, by the way. I'm just reporting what happened. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now here's the sort of, oh, and then, so uh, three other platforms I've been deplatformed by. So, and I don't want to name them because the bots are listening. Um, so there's one that's from a, a major podcast player named after a fruit. There's one that is a, what most people call a micro blogging social network that sort of sounds like, um, Twitter <laughs> and and the the fourth one is a major business social network that sounds like um dink uh stinked out how about stinked out because <laughs> I did get stinked out so think about it okay <clears throat> in all cases except for Twitter it was exactly the same situation I just described with Amazon you're doing your business this platform is important to you because of, in our case, we're a digital content business category pirates. And bam, you discover you're not there when somebody else tells you. And then you go into this endless <clears throat> bot world of hell to try to get unfucked. And in all cases, except for bitter, um, here's what happens. Plus or minus three weeks of nothing. So in the case of the fruit podcast player, we dropped at the time what was our biggest episode with Andre Iguodala of the Golden yeah. State Warriors, former MVP of the finals in, I, I forget what year it was, but it was one of the, you know, year they had the massive run. It was during the massive run. And it was just before Christmas. We had rebranded as follow your different. He was our, he was our big opening episode. We drop it. Andre, because Andre is an absolute gentleman, professional, best I can tell, super high quality human being. We had a ton of fun in the conversation. And uh, he's a venture capitalist. He loves Silicon Valley. He loves entrepreneurship. He loves technology. He's kind of one of us. He wanted to play for the Warriors because he wanted to get into our world. And he, yeah. he smart <clears throat> enough to leverage his position as one of the legendary players of all time into being a successful business person as others have done, but very smart, right? Christopher, may I just 
Uh, yeah, you, <clears throat> the, you mentioned he was the MVP in the uh, finals the one year. He had not <clears throat> started a game in the regular season, but he started all those games in the finals. So somebody who's pretty adaptable steps up. A true warrior. All, all those things that you talked about. Incredible guy. And a gentleman. And by the way, as a side note, just <clears throat> to continue to share how awesome Andre is. So, um, um, you know, the, the bulk of the podcasts that we do, like you, are using technology. They're digital. They're virtual. In the case of Andre, he wanted it to be in person and I wanted it to be in person. And and so uh, and he lives in the East Bay. I live in Santa Cruz. So it's about, you know, in traffic. Well, it could be 12 hours in, you know, when things aren't too bad. <laughs> in it's normal times. Right. And when things aren't too bad, it's, you know, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. And uh, I don't have an office over there and I want to make sure we're in a pristine environment. So we rent a hotel suite and we bring all the fucking gear and all the sure SM super ding dong microphones and all the stuff. Right. So we're going to do all this. Happy to do it. But I said to his his manager, I said, he's going to show up. Right. Like there's no way we're spending all this money and all this time for him to be a diva because in my uh, prior in my career, one of my greatest achievements as a podcaster is getting stood up and being flipped the bird by Dennis Rodman. <laughs> so I had some precedent for, for bad NBA player behavior. At the same time, I had precedent for legendary NBA pl- uh, behavior because as you know, Bill Walton's been on multiple times and yeah. the Lord above gave me Bill Walton. That's an amazing, <laughs> when you have Bill Walton in your inbox, you have a miracle of a day, no matter what. And, yeah. and by the way, I'll describe an email from Bill Walton if you want. Okay. So long story longer, Andre shows up on time. Two minutes before we're supposed to start walks in the room, no handlers, no PR people telling us what we can and can't do. He's casually dressed, nice pair of jeans. Looks, looks great. I obviously looks like an incredible athlete, handsome as shit. This guy, Holy God sits down. We have a quick little chit chat, turn on the things and away we go. Uh Then we're done. Thank you very much. And I was embarrassed, but I brought some paraphernalia for him to sign because we have kids in our lives and I, you know, but I, I knew I'd feel like a donkey. And I literally, at the very end, I said, Andre, I, I, I hate to do this, but we got some kids in our line. He goes, oh, yeah, give me that. And he just signs all the shit. And... Sure. Okay, so that's Andre. So couldn't be more ecstatic. B- built the whole thing on this for months, right? Launch it. Andre retweets it, reposts it, posts it on Twitter on on uh, instagram etc and he's got a bazillion followers on on twitter he's at andre (laughs) so the thing blows up and because he tweets it well guess what espn uh sports illustrated a bunch of bay area sports blogs etc etc the reporters listen to the thing the podcast and they write stories about the stories because he told me a bunch of great stories that he's yeah. never shared before. And of course, they all reference the podcast. So there we are. Andre Godala's first expensive watch gets stolen at Madison Square Garden. That's one of the stories he told, right? Uh, you know, Andre Godala on, you know, popular podcast da, 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 with a link, right? They all do links. They're called backlinks. Very powerful in the social media world. And then the next day, no warning, no email, no, no, no discussion about here's what you did wrong. <sighs> Gone. 
gone. Podcast, gone. It's 80% of our plays because it's the category king. This goes on eerily similar for about three weeks. Eerily similar to the Amazon situation I just described. We play nice. We're just asking questions. We find the guy because we know some people. We find the guy who runs the whole thing at Apple. We reach out to him. Very nice. Say, this is a situation. He says, oh, I'm sorry this happened to you. I don't really know what's going on. Let me look into it. Never comes back. Go back to him a few days later. Hey, Jimmy, what's up? Oh, yes. Some should be back within 24 to 48 hours. So we get into this that loop for yeah. another couple of weeks. We go through the entire Christmas season, the entire value in the short term uh. of that episode goes up in smoke. We go through the Christmas holiday with this thing going on. We're trying to build a business. So <clears throat> after the new year, same thing. I say, okay, well, fuck it. I've, I've played nice and enough's enough. And again, just the facts. Didn't call um, Tim Cook's parents hamsters or anything like that. And uh, just came out and said, this is what happens. And at this point, just like we said with Amazon, we don't know if we'll ever be back. And in the case of the the Apple situation, say, um, and here are all the other platforms we're on. Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Overcast. Well, guess what happens? <laughs> First of all, our fans do what they do. <clears throat> Second of all, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, et cetera. I'll start tweeting back. We're happy to have you. Every hey, everybody, come listen to follow you different here. It's easy to find. You know, they start having some fun with it. And just like the situation we had with Amazon, Bob. One day later, one day, one day later, we're back. And the entire time, they never say a word to us about the whole other thing. <laughs> What another incredible coincidence. Incredible. Now, let me tell you the one about Blitter, because this one's this one's particularly fun. And this speaks. So we have no idea what the hell all of that was about. But what we do know is major platforms, and this is the big takeaway, major platforms have a cancel first. And if you want to discuss it with us later, you can. But we're going to put you into bot hell policy. Yeah. And I think the average American and the average digital business person does not understand that these major platforms at least appear to, and there may be some exceptions we're unaware of, but appear to have this. The other thing is we have asked these major platforms for their free speech policy. They send us what, so we say, please send your free speech policy. They send a link. You read the link. And here's what you discover when you read the link. The word free, the word speech, or the two together don't appear in the document. And to make sure, because, you know, I'm dyslexic, I download the documents. I put them into Word. I do a search free, search speech, search free speech, zero. So the shocking reality here is many of these major platforms have this cancel first yeah. ask questions later now let's go to the blitter example because this one is also important chris if i may there's uh cancel first 
ask questions later if somebody bugs you and bugs you and bugs you and somehow gets a groundswell of other people that might put the platform business at risk. But other than that, knock them down. Well, so you're jumping ahead to one of the big conclusions, which Sorry. is if no, no, if we could just jump ahead, I don't care. We can jump wherever you want. But the aha is, and this is what I said. Let me just see if I can find it quickly. Um, in the post yesterday, thanking everybody for bringing us back. Um, I thought I did a very eloquent job. If I don't oh, I'm say sure. so myself, um, let me just see. So. Uh, Okay. So uh, here's what I here's what I posted. Thank you. One day after we posted that Amazon took us down with no warning, our new number one bestseller, Snow Leopard, is back up. There's only one explanation. Our friends and readers advocated for us. This shows the power of digital fans yet again. And then I explained some of the background. But at the very end, what I say is... Um, um, Yesterday, we gave up, told everyone that we're not sure if Amazon will ever replatform Snow Leopard. Our fans got loud. Ta-da. Snow Leopard is back. Thank you. Without you, we'd be gone. Yeah. Well, Chris, you know, just pull a couple different threads together. You mentioned a few minutes ago, Bill Walton, and I remember when we first talked about him being on he said you know it's great to be a fan he said it's a good thing to be a fan it fills your heart with joy and love and you know all those things so your fans they exerted their fandomness, and uh good things happen but i i think people want to have those connections and they there's so much crap swirling around everywhere when you find something real good i think like the relationship you and your partners have built you know, with things like Snow Leopard, the other books you've done, the chapters, the serials, all the work that you guys do, that's that's something people value enormously, right? Like whoever says, oh, I'm excited. I resub up my subscription to a magazine or a newsbird. God knows what else. But people are pumped up about this. They wanted you to be part of their lives and they weren't going to take this crap. Uh, it's unfortunate it comes to that, but yeah, those days of finding somebody in the circulation department who's the uncle or your buddy at school who can fix that for you. That's gone. You gotta have the gotta have the fans, right? You gotta have the fans. Um, and the other interesting thing in the case of Amazon, we discovered there's a whole new category that we didn't know existed. There's a giant category of services companies who exist to unfuck your problem with Amazon because Amazon doesn't do service or support for partners, vendors, authors, creators. They just don't do it. Can't get to a person. So so that's the big shocking piece of all of this. Um, and, and, and in the case of the social platforms, the major ones have no um, free speech policy. L let me tell you the, the flipper story. You're going to love this one. <laughs> so there's some some thread going on about you know, the political situation in our, in our country and this and that. And every once in a while, I just, you know, I just have to have a little bit of fun on Twitter because that's what Twitter's for. So some guys make some comment about the state of the situation in the country. And <clears throat> I, I respond with the following tweet. Well, you know, once you understand that um, Bill Gates has a uh, Bigfoot farm 
and uh, he grows and, and, and grooms these uh, Bigfoots to uh, install the Corona misters on the 5G towers so that he can inject the jab uh -huh. with the um, magic chips in them, then everything becomes clear. So this this is roughly the tweet. So I tweet that, go on with my day. Several hours later, go back on. Hey, you're gone. <laughs> and then they say, um, you can do two, one of two things. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not their problem. It's yours. Oh, that's my problem, right? <laughs> you can take down the offending tweet and we'll immediately reinstate you. Okay, good. Or you can contest our judgment or what our ruling from the bots above, the <laughs> heavenly bots, over here. So me being me, I say, okay, well, I'm going to leave the offending tweet <laughs> and I'm going to try and do this business. And I wait, I can't remember how many days, it might have been two or three days, but whatever it was, I wait certainly uh, some period of time to see how the 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 flip, flit, flitter bots above are going to well apparently it turns out that we are not at a state in ai and ml where they get humor or oh. sarcasm or silliness right because you tell me is there a person on planet earth that would read that tweet and think i was saying well I'm there's not... a couple but not a whole lot <laughs> not too many <laughs> So anyway, they won't reinstate me. Whatever the adjudication process is, is not going down here very quickly or efficiently. And so I agree with the thought police and I take it down. And here's what occurred to me uh, about that, which is. How hard must it be to be a comedian today? Yep. And I'm a fan of stand-up comedian uh, comedians. I have been ever since I was a kid. Uh, I, I fell in love with uh, um, George Carlin at a very, very young age and Richard Pryor at a very young age. And then Eddie Murphy after that and on and on and on. A huge, huge fan. I've seen tons of stand-up comedy, seen many of my heroes live. It's always, I always enjoy it, right? Yeah. And so if you want to make a joke about the coronavirus just give that a shot on twitter and see how it goes yeah yeah and well there's a there's a two-faced side of that uh yeah i i probably don't want to get into that but so yeah. so what what there's a couple big learnings that hopefully are obvious one is um if you think about customer service and customer support today, a meaningful percentage of companies have decided we're not doing it anymore. We're literally not going to have any people and we're going to deal with this with AI and ML. And when a situation occurs that the bot can't handle, that is to say, it's a use case that the designers of the system did not envision. It's a what we call in the tech business an edge case. So maybe they can build a bot that deals with 50%, 60%, 80%. I don't know what percent. Maybe they, I don't know. But there's always going to be edge cases. And 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 because there's not a human involved, you're just in this get fucked cycle forever. So, so for all of us in our digital businesses, whether we're General Electric or a startup or anybody in between, 
we must begin to ask ourselves how and why are we using uh, AI and ML um, to um, interact with the external world. And while it is incredibly <clears throat> compelling and cost-effective to have a bot deal with regular sorts of things like a return or a this or a that, you know, whatever the normal use cases are in the use case of the bot that you're building, that's fine. However, when you have an edge case and you purposely decide not to let your customers and or partners press a button that says human, um, you will now be at a competitive disadvantage because I think there's going to be an aha over the next handful of couple of years here that says, you know what? There's certain people who want to talk to a human being, particularly native analogs. And there are edge cases and a huge strategic advantage that one of my favorite companies in the world, Southwest has is when you call Southwest one ring, a person answers the phone. It's a miracle. Call American airlines or United and get ready, get ready for the dinks. The digital dinks are going to get you, right? And so this revenue prevention department and this customer uh, repelling department business um, is, is now reached a scale that is absolutely extraordinary. And uh, it represents a business opportunity for those who decide they're actually going to all this bullshit about, oh, we would love the customer. And the reason we did CRM is we love it. So we're all about the relationship and customer 360 degree and the cuddle, 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 customer, 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 customer. Okay. Well, what all this ML and, and AI is really about is the only people we hate more than our employees are our customers. And we're going to use technology to make sure we never have to deal with them. And so that's what's really going on here. And it's true with startups. Try to get hold of any kind of a startup. Try to get hold of, I'll give you one of my favorite. Try to get hold of Wix. Just try to get a hold of them. And I, you know, there's many others that just decided not to do it. But the fascinating thing is Amazon and the major social platforms also decided we're not talking to anybody. So there is a huge opportunity for those of us who care about our customers and think that customer service and support is a competitive advantage to actually have humans involved when appropriate. But Chris, isn't it, isn't it fascinating in some ways that those companies you just mentioned, uh, social media platforms, the ones that came into being to give people voices, don't realize that once you've given people that voice, <laughs> there it is. There it is. So what is, is this a culture thing? Is this an executive stupidity thing? Is it a quest for uh, cost cutting, more profitability thing? It just, I, I, I just can't get it at any level. Look, uh, it's impossible to ascribe intent. Um, in a business environment, one must assume that a financial intent is at least part of the equation because it's a profit-making business. And as somebody who uses uh, automation and bot technology in our business, our, our, uh, our uh, publishing empire of category environments, <laughs> but it's incredible today. You can automate a tremendous amount um, and deliver an, a, an awesome experience. At the same time, if somebody says, I want to talk to a person, um, you know, if let me say this, the strategic decision called, we're not going to let anybody talk to a person under any edge case circumstance. Um, that's a decision. It appears many companies are made. Look, I'll give you a simple example. If football, right? Love football. Americans, we love football, right? What better thing could you think of to do 
every Sunday, but to watch 12 hours of football, drink 15 beers with your buddies, eat some burgers. I mean, what could be a greater existence than that? And I would describe myself as an enthusiastic, uh, fairly uneducated fan. I can, you know, I, I love to watch it, but I'm not, I don't I'm not in a league or any of these things. I don't know who everybody is. I just, the games are fun. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> there's a company owned by another company called Direct TV, owned by AT&T, one of the greatest companies of all time. Xander Graham Bell, one of the greatest innovators, entrepreneurs, technologists of all time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bell. Okay. They sell a product called Sunday NFL Direct Ticket. That's what it's called. And if you want to buy the super, do you have this product? Have you purchased this product? Okay. I do Let me ask you. Times. How easy was it to purchase Sunday Direct Ticket, NFL Sunday Direct Ticket? I think it was very easy. Well, they but must I love you. And... Wendy did. Oh, okay. Well, there was very easy for you. <laughs> so in my case, I thought I owned Direct Ticket. I have owned it in the past. I don't know why I didn't own it. Now, I have a feeling my wife dis discontinued it after the season and didn't tell me. Or, or, you know, because she gets up every night in the middle of the night at about 3 a.m. and hides my keys and money clip and shit. So anyway, I have no idea why I don't own it. I owned it last year. I don't own it. Okay. I figure this out on the second Sunday of the season. And I figure it out half an hour before Brady's about to play. And some people love him. Some people hate him. Here's what I think. When the GOAT is still playing and you know he's the GOAT and you know he's not going to be playing for very much longer, watch all the games. I did this right. with Jordan. I've done this, you know, because when they're gone, they're gone. I grew up yeah. in Montreal. All the great heroes of Montreal Canadians winning all those Stanley Cups. When Guy Lafleur retires, when Ken yeah. Dryden retires, you don't get to watch him play anymore. Yeah. So I want to watch the Brady games and the Niners games. And, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, so I figure this out half an hour before the Bucks game. No problem. There's an ad on my TV that, <laughs> that says 1-800-SUNDAY-NFL-DIRECT-TICKET or whatever the fucking phone number is. So I call this phone number. Now, I know they're going to ask me questions that I don't have answers to. <laughs> I know that. I don't know my social security number. I don't know. I don't know anything, right? <laughs> so I call the person who knows <laughs> who's this incredible female person that for some reason lives with me. Yes. And I get her on the phone so together we can talk to Sunday NFL direct ticket. Well, it turns out you when you call them on Sunday, you get this. Uh, we're sorry, but uh, right now we're experiencing extremely high call volumes and your wait's going to be uh, two minutes before the game you want to watch starts. Right. That's. And so you say to yourself, um, experiencing unusually high call volume. As compared to what, Tuesday when nobody wants to buy the games? I don't know. Is there Tuesday night football? There's no Tuesday night football. There's Monday night football. Your product, listen to the words. Your product is called Sunday NFL ticket or NFL Sunday ticket. It's Sunday. I want my tickets. Okay, so um, it takes whatever, 20 minutes to get to a, a person. Okay, and then they ask all the questions I don't have the answers to. Carrie has the answers. Fantastic. <clears throat> then we have to have a discussion around, well, do you want Sunday NFL ticket light? Do you want it medium? Do you want fries? Do you want gravy on the fries? Do you want maybe you want poutine? How about um, how about onion rings? Uh, would you like the the happy meal? 
It takes me quite a while to explain to this very nice person who, and I don't want to sound, however, this person isn't an English speaker, native English speaker. So I'm trying to explain to this person, <clears throat> I want it all. <laughs> I want to be able to see every NFL game for the entire rest of my life. I want to be able to tape it. I want to be able to rewind it. I want to have friends over. I want all NFL games for the rest of my life. What's that program? <laughs> oh, well, I think that's the super ding dong program. And it's, and it's meaningful. I don't know. It was four or five, 600 bucks. I mean, it was a meaningful amount of money. Then this very nice person who is absolutely trying to help me, but has limited English. So starts to explain something about how wonderful it is that I can watch it on a device or on TV or this or that or the other. So in there, she confuses me. So I said to her, well, wait, wait a minute. Is what you're saying is right now I have to decide if I'm going to A, be, watch it on my TV or B, watch it on my device. And then I'm, I can't go back and forth. Well, she doesn't understand the question. Tick, 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 Brady getting ready, kickoff coming. <laughs> I said, so what if I, this weekend, I want to watch it on my TV. And next weekend, I'm traveling maybe to visit my friend Bob. And I want to watch it on my phone because I'm traveling. And maybe the weekend after that, I'm also traveling and I want to watch it on my computer or my iPad or whatever. And then the weekend after that, I want to watch it on my TV. Does that work? Well, Bob, that's a 15-minute conversation. Ah. Turns out the answer to that question when you buy the super ding dong package with the fries and the and the poutine and the gravy and everything is the answer to that question is apparently yes. I haven't tested it yet. All right. All right. Apparently that's yes. It's early though in your contract. It's early. And so it is just amazing what is going on in terms of um revenue prevention departments and and um companies uh treating customers this way and the interesting thing about direct tv i've been a direct tv customer for a long long time long before the at&t acquisition and back in the day prior to at&t my experience with them anyway i used to live in the mountains there was issues with the dish and snow and all this sort of shit anyway direct tv was the most extraordinary service company yeah. i can remember back in the day so here we are so I think there's a big learning here around over rotation on AI and ML and, and putting the customer truly at the center of the process and the technology and the companies that get it right are going to have a huge competitive advantage. I think the other big issue is in the native digital world, when a relatively small number of companies are judge, jury and executioner on A, what you can and can't say and B, what you can and cannot sell. And in the case of our most recent situation, we can have a vendor accuse us of theft with no evidence, okay? And destroy nine months worth of work by three people and many, many dollars. And there's there, they sent, when they put us back up yesterday, you know what they said? Sorry for any inconvenience. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and thank you for your patience. Yes, and then the third learning is, Fans have fans who will stand up for you when you can't because you've been silenced. Christopher, you're an incredibly uh, creative guy with your own track record of success. 
I would like, though, if I could to offer a, an acronym to you, uh, no charge, CARP, uh, Customer Alienation and Revenue Prevention. Don't be a smelly CARP. I love that. <laughs> the Revenue Prevention Department, and people say, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Nobody would want to prevent revenue, alienate customers, but you've, you have articulated magnificently uh, the efforts that some companies will go to. I'm trying to give you money. I don't want it. Get lost. You're a creep. You have spent, in the case of DirecTV, you spent countless, I mean, your customer acquisition cost is crazy because I'm seeing this ad all the time and I'm I'm here to buy. It worked. <laughs> I have money. I have and credit guess what? cards. Uh, I am an insane edge case consumer. I want to purchase the football on the day of the football. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when they said we're experiencing high call volumes. However, if you want to switch over here and, you know, give us a payment right now of $7,500, you can jump the line. Yeah. Oh, and one other stupid thing. It takes a while to explain this. You can pay the whole five, six hundred bucks, 450, whatever it is up front, or you can pay it monthly. So she says this to me and say, okay, great. What, what are the pros and cons of either? And she said, nothing. I said, so do, let me let me be very clear. Do I get a discount for paying you up front as opposed to paying you monthly? She says, no. I said, well, then why would I pay you up front? <laughs> and of course, that feels like a 20-minute discussion. <laughs> I did miss kickoff, but I didn't miss Brady. Well, yeah, I don't think they put him on. The, he'd probably be good on the kickoff team, but yeah, uh, Christopher, one thing about him, you know, right? The, you know, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Ben Roethlisberger played till he was 39. And, uh, you know, he had his moments here or there, but one could see a decline in physical capabilities of the guy over time. It's a natural thing. You get hit by 325 pound people over and over you're going to get a little slower brady i i i would defy anybody you go back 15 years look at films of him what he does how he moves in the pocket how he throws the ball there's no difference there's no difference well you, you know why see nobody knows this i'm going to tell you this uh -oh. remember the the bill gates bigfoot farm yeah and the misting thing i thought that was the corona misters on the 5g towers yeah um, now, here's the other thing. You can take Bigfoot stem cells and shoot them into your body, and they make you younger and stronger. He did that? Yeah, Brady, very few people know this, has been getting Bill Gates Bigfoot stem cell injections. No, wait, what's the Bill Gates? Bill Gates Bi and Bill Bigfoot? Gates has the Bill Gates has a Bigfoot farm. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but not Bill Gates him stem cells. No, you don't want Bill Gates' stem cells. He's not very athletic. I mean, he's very smart if you want to. But in the case of Brady, athletic, strong. So what could be better than Bigfoot stem cells injected into your body? It's been happening for over a decade. That's why he's so much better now. He has a little higher whisker profile than he used to have. See, that's what I'm saying. He's getting some of that Bigfoot testosterone. It's the, it's, you know. See, you and I just have T. He has BFT. <laughs> well, you, as always, sir, have answered more questions than I thought I had. Uh, 
raised insights, caused people to laugh. My jaw hurts a little from laughing at some of your stories, but I know they're really very serious points, Chris, behind what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I think there's there's uh, there's going to be ultimately the customers are going to win in any market, and the the payback here is going to be savage. I think when it comes. And you've talked some about the uh, native analogs, Chris, right, who generally can be more likely to tend to want to talk to a person. Give me the human option. But there's also a point, I think, the native digitals, their behavior is quite different. But I don't think they want to be prevented from getting what they want either. And they are, they're going to start new companies. They're going to start yes. powerful yes. forces that speak out against some of these asinine corporate policies. Uh, it's going to be a fun uh, scrap to watch. And I'm glad that you are in the middle of this on the side of the good guys. I have no choice because we'd be, literally be gone uh, if we did nothing. And most importantly, uh, in the case of the the uh, podcast platform, in the case of the business professional social network, and in the case of Amazon, in all three cases, after going public and achieving uh, some amount of friends and fans and listeners and readers uh, protesting, saying this aggression will not stand, man. Uh, miraculously, a day later, it changed, which on one hand is really a cool story. And we are incredibly grateful. I am incredibly grateful. And at the same time, what it makes me wonder is, OK, well, what if you're not an established yeah. creator with a big audience? And, and you know, what if you're a person on their way up. What if you're an entrepreneur starting a new business and you're trying to build, uh, you know, interest and awareness for what you're doing? Um, you don't have that yet. It takes a lot of time to build that. You yeah. know, um, we started writing and podcasting and all this stuff uh, six and a half, seven years ago now. And so, we, you know, these bad things, what I would call unjust things happened after achieving some level of, of um, interest and, and, and engagement from people who really gave a shit. Right. And so it was, it, it's the fans who saved us. I think, I don't know. You tell me, you, you tell me, is it a quinky dink that in all in three out of four cases, the day after a, a external announcement and the day after people saying, I don't what's going on here all of a sudden back. I don't know. No, 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 there are no coincidences. Uh, and I think in your case, right, you know, you're the way you guys have built your business, right, doing the chapters, making them accessible, doing things differently. And I think, Chris, the joy that you bring to the work that you do, right? I mean, you can get angry about stuff. And I think sometimes you're at your best when you're vehemeing and, you know, railing against certain things that are wrong. But you, um, it, it's, it is a joy to listen to you talk about stuff, whether it's fun stuff or serious stuff. And people like that. There's not enough of that in their lives, high quality content. And you're giving that to people, you and your partners are. And so, no, I'm not surprised that folks stood up and said, hey, what's your line? This injustice will not stand. This aggression uh, will not stand, man. It's one of my favorite quotes from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> and actually, the dude. In the, that's the dude quoting george w bush because oh. or actually no excuse me i'm pretty sure he's quoting hw because I if did, I'm not, yeah, it would have been the earlier right because it was the first gulf war and i think it was hw who said this aggression will not stand and of course that's a great sentence but then 
when you smoke some pot and you throw man at the end of it, it's even greater. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> and it had to do with carpet pissing, but you have to watch the movie to understand what that's about. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Um, well, hey, my friend, Christopher, always uh, a, a treat. This has been a, uh, a little bit of a Nantucket sleigh ride through uh, technology <laughs> and business and mindlessness on the part of some companies that uh, I certainly hope they get their due. They're, they're, they're just rewards sometime soon. And uh, uh, really fun, Christopher, always. Thanks. And thanks for the, the good lessons wrapped up in some pretty remarkable stories. You're very welcome. And just let me say uh, in closing, um, um, myself, my partners, we respect what these companies have done tremendously. I mean, these are legendary companies, right? I mean, where would we be without Amazon? You know, what many of these companies have done have created literally hundreds of billions in value. Yes. And that's a very real thing. And we admire and respect them deeply. And at the same time, hey, come on. Yeah. 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 So we want them to be successful. We want them to thrive. We think they're amazing. We just, um, we believe in free speech and we believe in, if you're going to accuse us of a felony, of a crime, of a misbehavior, fine, accuse us. But this is America. Accuse us first, give us an opportunity, be reasonable. You know, if they'd sent us an email and said, hey, we're going to give you 48 hours and this is what we need to see, great. Yeah, of course, that's not what happens. Cancel first, and maybe we'll talk to you with a bot afterwards. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're lucky. And uh, but Chris, remember your <clears throat> your point about these uh, great companies you said, but sometimes their some of their behaviors can be smelly, like a carp. The customer alienation and revenue prevention department. <laughs> Who would be the guy? You know, somebody says I worked 23 years, and now I'm the head of the carp department. <laughs> Off they go. <laughs> We're going to use that one. Keep Thank smiling you, there, my friend. Love you. Great to see you, Christopher. Thank you. Keep accelerating the economy. We'll do. We'll do our best. I'm glad you like my hair. Like yours, what you're doing Digging there. Digging it. Digging Folks, it. Thanks to all of you for being with us. He is the one, the only Chris Lockhead. Check out Snow Leopard. It is back and it's available. Thanks for being with <laughs> us. I see got a roll. Time. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye.